What's up? This is Doggy Diamonds. Make sure you stop by shop.doggydiamondstv.com and pick up your Discipline Snapback and T-shirts. Without discipline, I wouldn't have been able to lose 117 pounds. So I decided to create a clothing line to reflect my healthy lifestyle change and my mental change. Without discipline, we're lost. So get you some clothing to help you stay focused like I did. What does the symbol mean? Inside of the symbol is the kokunan, which is a West African symbol for discipline and nurture. Around it is a circle with arrows that stands for routine, repetition, and completion. You got all types of colors that you can match up with. So make sure you pick up your snapback and your t-shirt now and your favorite colors for yourself or a friend. Thank you. What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Doggy Diamonds. You are now listening to No Filter Podcast. No Filter means honesty. If you're afraid of honesty, then this ain't the podcast for you. We're going to be honest today. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Doggy Diamonds. Another episode of Doggy Diamonds No Filter. I got the emergency call. My man hit me and said, yo, Spider Lope just flew in. He got some shit he want to talk about. We He want to come to you. So I was like, word, I ain't have a time to get no haircut. I ain't want to do no pretty shit. None of that shit. I just grabbed my shades, my hat. We went to the office. Motherfucker, Spider Lope is in the building. What it do in why worldwide, everybody, SPR. So... Um, beautiful world. I used to love that shit, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate Yo, that, it. That was like my joy. And you dropped a video. You had a remix. Everything. Yeah, shit. man. We tried to make it a movement. So I, I, I used to. I liked a lot of your music. Um, you, you dropped a mixtape. You was dealing with G Unit. Is it still G Unit? We gonna get right into it because I'm, I'm confused like a motherfucker. I know this is it's audio and video. Uh huh. It's still in the flesh. It ain't crossed out or whacked out or nothing. Okay. I am the one and only G Unit Crip. Okay. As far as business and affiliation with the actual corporate side of the company, there is none. Um, not by my choice. Communication was cut off from the other end. Okay. Um, the reasons why are I'm totally oblivious to. Quite curious. I would love to know why. Not quite interested in trying to find out, but if one day the you know the reason happens to cross my intelligence, I would love to know it. But yeah. so so all right, it was it was a split with G Unit at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Banks was was kind of doing him. Buck was completely out. Game was out. You was in, um, and Yayo was always in. What is that noise? That might be one of my phones. Let me turn. Yeah. See, look, live. No, we're gonna keep this. We're not all even right. gonna do this. He in, he in Brooklyn right now. You know, Stop hitting him up. You know what I'm saying? We working. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a point where we just started getting confused, the, the viewers and the fans, like who's in, who's out. But I never – it was never no spiders out right. publicly, right? Right. Um, but then everybody was back together. Mm. Buck came back. Uh, Banks was back. Yayo was back. Then they added new members Couple to new G. Niggas, yeah, yeah, but we never seen you come back in the fold. Right. Was you saying communication was cut off? Was it a it, man? I'm gonna tell you something, man. I'm gonna have to tip my hat off to Mr. Jackson because it became apparent to me um, throughout my career. I created quite a few um, associates, friends. I would have considered them based on my plug with him, G Unit affiliates. A lot of grown men that would pick up their phones and call me and check on me on their own, unprompted by anyone. This was my people's. It was obvious to me at some point um, their boss, their father, whatever you want to call them, said stop. 
because the people just everyone in unison stopped communicating with me. OG you and the members yeah, stopped talking. The affiliates and members. Wow. So um, I was quite astonished to see that at one point, um, Young Buck was calling me on the phone, um, making earnest pleas for me to break camp as far as G Unit. And when he when he bounced, yes, he wanted when you he was to running come around, surprising all of us, saying "fuck G Unit" on stage. I think the first incident was in a club in Atlanta. Okay, he was on stage, and maybe a member of the crowd hollered out "G Unit" to try to support him. He was like "fuck G Unit," and that's how he shocked the world with his feelings. It was kind of obvious on the inside that things were brewing, mm-hmm. with some un- dissatisfaction, but that's how he announced to the world that he was not satisfied with the situation. Okay. He tried to woo me to join him in his um, Fuck journey. Fuck G-Unit campaign. Fuck g He ran around with all the 50s enemies, enemies um, including Rick Ross at the time, the game. He went and made alliances on video with all these people. I stayed down. Um, it panned out the way it panned out And then I was just surprised to see them have a, a reunion And a big group hug And they all got over that And left me out When I've never had an argument or a disagreement with 50 Cent Or any of his counterparts So that was just curious I don't know what kind of relationship those grown men can have That to where I could not be included in that reunion So I'm just as puzzled as you are, Didi So 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 you're on paperwork as a- Yes, I, have a, I had an official deal through G-Unit, Interscope Universal. And, you know, to give people a little more insight, I think the thing kind of got, we probably thought it was artistic. We heard 50 Cent announced to the world through an album title that he was ready to self-destruct. Mm-hmm. And um, he was at a height. We were all proud of him, happy of what he accomplished, but he came with the album title before I self-destruct. And I also thought he was just being creative until I analyzed the situation. And at one point, I learned a lot of things from 50 as he was being a successful entrepreneur. And one of them I learned was that no matter if his music was good or bad, it was going to be okay mm-hmm. based on his plug, the connection to the world, Jimmy Iovine. And he assured me that no matter if the music wasn't quite up to par, it was going to be successful. And then a few months later, I just saw him say, fuck Jimmy Iovine. So then I started comparing his actions with his declaration of self-destruction. And I see he is one of the realest niggas to make albums because if he tells you he's about to self-destruct, he actually destroyed himself. So... You know, that's how I see it. So, give the fans a point. When was it over? The weird shit to me was, I was talking to Buck. He's trying to convince me to run away from 50 and telling me G-Unit was over and a game in Black Wall Street was going to be the new shit to fuck with. And I said, man, I'm not fucking with that. And in order for Buck to try to get me to see it his way, he told me this. Hey, man, check this out. 50 told me he wasn't going to put your album out a year ago. So I was like, damn. So you've been my homie for a year with this knowledge and you didn't tell me? So I know you haven't at least been a friend of mine for at least a year. And I didn't call him on it when he said it, but I took the mental note. I no longer trusted him ever when he told me he had this information for a year. Okay. So he was a bitch nigga to me once I, once I realized that. I've been running around with you across this whole country, my nigga, wow. trying to please my obligations to this label and to this nigga. And you let me know for a year you knew wasn't nothing going to happen. Fuck you. He was claiming my hood, trying to be from East Coast Crip, trying to get me to teach him how to throw it up on a regular basis. And then I don't know what happened. He, I guess he found the new L.A. gang he wanted to claim. I think he supposed to be from 60s or something. Now. I don't know. It's weird shit. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of yeah. politics with y'all gangs. Nah, it ain't there. no lot of politics. You see, we in rap, we don't have no problems. Okay. We, we know how to get along. We've been doing this a long time. It's when these outside niggas come in and try to participate when it get weird. But the real L.A. natives, we really don't have no rap gang problems. Okay, All that okay. shit coexists for years just quite well. So it started with Buck Bounce. Well, yeah. he, well, 
That was after the phone call that 50 put out there. Right? The, I no, was I think wrong. 50 put out the phone call after he made that fuck G unit. Got you. Got he clowned you. him with the phone call. I also had my phone call where he was on the phone just showing, basically wearing panties. I put my phone card out as well. Okay. And and um, so did you ever have a relationship with banks? And, and Yeah, man. That's why I say it was obvious they had orders, man. Okay. I, I feel sorry because... Banks and I had developed a pretty cool bond. I kind of respected Banks more than anyone because he was the last one to actually be friendly. Mm. He stayed in his own zone. He wasn't quick to embrace outsiders, new nigga, me included. And he allowed the natural process to take place before we actually chopped it up and became cool. And as an MC, you know, being a, a regular guy on the come up and finally getting signed to a group like G-Unit, one of my um, most comforting facts that I knew I was had my solidified position was Lloyd Banks used to call me like routinely mm. out the blue. And, like I'd be in LA doing my thing. He'd be like, yo, B, I just listened to that joint you did uh fifteen times in a row, B. He was like, You ill as fuck. He was like, you know what's ill? He was like, you know, the gangsters gonna love you just cause of what you do, but he was like, But what's real dope when you come out, the backpackers gonna love you cause you ill with them syllables, B. So when the punchline king call you props. and volunteer yeah. that type of information to you, you kinda value it. So, you know, when that's one of the most relationships that I missed out of the whole situation because he wasn't no nigga that was fake and just was my friend because I was around. He was very standoffish, very cold for quite some time. So when we began to bond and became pals, I thought we was partners for real. So when the whole choir of individuals stopped communicating with me and he participated in that, I was shocked. So when you so when you say stop communicating, does that mean the numbers change? You was calling niggas? Some or? of them change, and then, yep, the numbers change routinely anyway, just because the level of life niggas is on. Okay. But I would get the updates usually. I would get the numbers would change, and I wouldn't get the updates. Yo, that's my new number. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. And then it would be a time like 50 did the weirdest shit in the world. There was a time when This Is 50 was announcing the first time that you were going to be able to talk to G-Unit as a group live. Live Uh was a new concept at the time. Uh I believe they were overseas and they had advertised on This Is 50 perhaps a 48-hour countdown clock where they counted down 48 from the second to show you at this time you'll be able to go live with Uh G-Unit. So they build it up, they build it up, advertise it, advertise it. Finally, the last five minutes you see Yayo, Banks, and 50 sitting there in front of the camera watching the countdown. You know how it works. The fans are able to mm-hmm. type on the screen. You read the comments and you respond. So as they're going, five, four, three, two, one, you can see 50 reading the screen and he's like, he's mumbling. He's, he's like, spider, spider, spider. Spider low. Y'all don't even know how to ask good questions. Spider low don't even have an interesting record out right now. Yeah, I'd like to put it out. If he create the interest, I'm not going to do it for him. Uh, the interest, your fans are telling you what they want, bruh. So if I'm a CEO investing in any product, so I go to my public to see what they would like desire from me, and they tell me we want that product off your shelf, and then me tell them you're not even good fans because you're asking for that, it just goes back to I'm about to self-destruct. How do you destroy something that you're attempting to create? Things that 50 told me when he met me, he said he was excited. When he sees himself all over again, he, he, I was trying to figure out how I was going to ver, verbalize to him that I just affiliated with Suge Knight, and I knew that was like some controversy. And before I could even bring it up, he like he announced to me that he knew and he didn't give a fuck how Suge felt about it. So I'm like, Phew, big, you know, he told me, Fifty told me, big risk, big reward. He told me when he see me, he see himself all over again. So when he said he was going to self destruct, and he sees me and himself, while you destroying destroying yourself, I feel like. You're also destroying me. My name is Curtis as well. Wow. He fucked off the plug when it was my turn. 
Not only did he allow Mob Deep, my nigga Storm, Havoc, rest in peace, Prodigy, come in and precede me with getting the project out. Had no problem, business is business, because I was being assured of things all along the way. But then he came with this weird hot rod concept. And I still sat there humbly and allowed him to get that off because my turn was coming. But right before my turn, you fucked off the plug. So, all right, I'm now I'm understanding. You're feeling like... No feelings, facts only. All right, you're saying that we got Interscope, this big machine, that regardless to what, we all good. That's what he said, not me. Okay. He said, okay. Curtis Out of his Jackson, mouth, that's yes. what you said I promise earlier. you, on my dead homies, yes. Whether the music is good or not. Not that we'll make bad music on Perfect Spider, but if we happen to do a boo-boo, we're good. Because of Jimmy Ivey yes. and the machine. Yes. And then he's putting out the projects, and when, it's, when, when you up the back. In 2006, in Mike Tyson's house in Connecticut that he purchased from the king of the world with the boxing, um, my friend, Turtle, rest in peace, and Puto, we were doing sessions in the house in the studio in order to prepare for my uh, record in 2006. At that time, 50 was traveling from Connecticut to Detroit to turn in records to his boss, Marshall, and I was in his studio recording records while he was gone. So every time he came back every two or three days, I would have four or five new records for him to listen to. And he was taking four or five new records for him and them to listen to. So at one point in 06, he came back on one of those trips and had anybody else touched me like this, we would have had a problem. But you know, 50, a big old strong nigga. Hell yeah. And he was so elated that uh, the work I turned in, he grabbed me, you fixed your album, 1699, ready for the shelf. This is in 2006, the summer. So the fact that you guys never heard the album beats me. So he has the album or you have it? I have it. I mean, it's not an album. Okay. It's a collection, collection of songs, of songs. yes. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, he considered it complete and ready for the shelf. He described it as 1699, ready for the shelf. Spider, you fixed your album. You're ready to go. So when, you say, when you say the Hot Rod thing, that's when Hot Rod did, um, the, this This around the time he did the record with Mary or well, after that? He did the record that Mary J. Bly recorded on too. They didn't actually work together, but they worked on the same record, yes. That shit, that beat was fucking hard. You know what I would have did with that beat in that hood? <sighs> he had a Mary J. Bly's record. Yeah, Ooh. I don't get that, man. I didn't get it. But, and then you know. he didn't Hot Rod change and he did the, the Mohawk and he was... Yeah, and then he went to the whole... Shouts out to Hot Rod. I have no yeah. problem with him because he's just a young man trying to chase his dreams, so... You know, we, we, we never had a clash or nothing. He's like a different type of guy than me. But I think, like 50 said, he, he, he announced that he It's not something I'm telling on him. Yes. He told us all that he was going to self-destruct. Okay. So, I mean, he wanted to get rich or die trying. That was the title. Uh-huh. We saw him do that. His other album was Curtis. He is Curtis. Mm-hmm. Then he said, hey, I'm going to self-destruct. The Massacre, too. Don't forget about the that. The Massacre. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. more artistic than anything. Yeah, yeah. We know he's not massacring Valentine. That was creative. But he went back to the reality type thing with the self-destruction. We've seen it. He's been very unsuccessful with rap since. And I try to look at myself and take it personal, but I wonder, I look in and say, hey, well, who has he been able to do for what he attempted to do for me? I haven't seen him do it for anyone else for me to even feel jealous about. So so is your does your contract, is it voided? Or voided. You still- Definitely voided. It's been breached by... His end long ago. Meaning that you would have to legally go through shit or you could nah, do Nah, ain't nobody got to holler at nobody. You want to holler at me? Holler at Double D. Let's get it. <laughs> we chasing these bags. You feel me? So, Free so, and clear. So did you ever think about, I'm in New York. I'm going up to this office to see what this is. Yeah, but I was going to make a visit here this trip, but I was um, under the impression that he and his group was in Los Angeles. I just would like to just, you know, it was a time when he stopped communicating with me and I would hear he's at Power 106 in L.A., I'd be in the parking lot when he leave the radio station. 
when he saw me, it was all love. Follow me to the hotel. We go to the hotel. We chop, poly, poly, get the new number. Call tomorrow, the new number. It doesn't work. Damn. Yeah. I'm the realest, though. I'm the truest nigga ever in this rap game. There is no other SPI. There's only one. There's so, nobody to compare me to or nothing. So, Spider, there was, if you had to put your finger on it, wrap your brain around it, what? I'm Baby Spider from 97th Street. There's a big spider from 97th Street. Uh, he doing 47 to life in jail. Um, when he got arrested, G when it came out of his mouth quite a bit, trying to save himself from his situation. Um, his bail was 10.5 million. Both of his crimes, there were three of them that were arrested. They had a hundred thousand dollar bails apiece. Mm-hmm. My brothers was 10 million. Um, G when he came up in the conversation a whole lot throughout this case. So if I had, it was before vitamin water deal was done. Okay. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off before you finished your question, but I pretty much you know where, where you're going. going. Yep. If I had to just throw the dice, I think that played a part. My mind tells me he was walking through LAX one time and somebody probably said, let me speak to you. And it probably caused irritation. I could probably um, imagine Chris Lighty advising him I might not be good business at that point. But I also feel like that doesn't give him an excuse because he told me he knew I was that type of guy when he met me. He told me the bigger – I knew what the phrase bigger risk, bigger reward came from because he explained it to me. So, um, Isn't it um, – because I want the fans to understand, like, in this industry, like, you could be kikiing with a motherfucker one day. Y'all could fucking fuck with chicks, get fucking a million dollars together, go all across the world, touch different continents, watch the sun touch the fucking water, and then and then nigga change his number on you. Yeah, I know. I got. I don't I, think the people know that because they really think that it'd be all love with a lot of I people. I thought so too, y'all. I really like you see you see this ink in my flesh. I thought it was deep, and these niggas like they weren't they wasn't pretending. It was real at one point. Niggas was on. Niggas was fucking with niggas. But I think niggas don't know themselves as well as they think they know at times. And, you know, 50 tried to wear a lot of hats. He not only tried to be a CEO, he tried to be a rapper, he tried to be a homie, a gangster, a father, a best friend. And when you wear so many hats, it's going to be hard to fulfill them all completely. So if he would have just stayed rapper and father, or maybe that would have been good. But try to be rapper, CEO, and gangster, and all that, it's gonna be hard to do them all. And power is successful though. That's that's yeah. You gotta clap for yeah, power, yeah, man. Power Any black successful. man with anything on that screen being that notarized, you gotta clap for it. So um, if if you if you had a point right now of that you were a little upset, are you more upset with? 50 or Buck or both? Oh, Buck definitely. If I had to be upset with anybody, it would be Buck. But I'm not upset with neither. I appreciate the experience that both of them provided for me in my life. You know, steps and stone. I was disappointed more so than anything. But upset, I have no time to be upset. I have six beautiful children. I have enough money in the bank to pay my bills if I don't work for it quite a bit of time right now so you know it's always about more but these guys have enhanced my life the experience didn't turn out in totality the way I would have preferred it but there is no upsetness on my behalf only thing that disappointed me was when I was very friendly with 50 Cent when I was on the inside of his camp he used to describe a tactic of how you would destroy or kill your opponent without being violent or attacking Mm-hmm. He would just describe that you would cease to uh, acknowledge that they exist. Mm-hmm. And without me ever having to argue with him or disagreement, when I saw I was, mm, he, he was ceasing to acknowledge I exist, I started remembering how he would describe how you kill off an opponent. I just didn't understand why he chose to do that to me. The 50th law? Yeah, exactly. The 50th <laughs> law. You feel me? So he's very obsessed with that concept. But, like, I'm 
the best shit that ever happened to him as a CEO. Like when I, when he met me, I brought him a full length movie that I starred in alongside Master P, Candy Brown, Houston, and Ernest Thomas that he showed extreme interest in purchasing. Mm -hmm. um, there was some controversy between Chris Lighty and himself. What up, Chris? Um, over the movie, it was a lot of politics stirred up. Not only did that, um, you know, I have the only record in existence ever outside of maybe Beamer, Benz, and Bentley, which was a later record that has any life, any personality under the G Unit umbrella that had no assistance from 50 Cent. Beautiful World was never serviced to radio. He didn't put a dime on the production of the video, the record, any other record that's G Unit affiliated that anyone has any idea that they like. He had a direct influence on it. He serviced it to radio. He spent the budget on it. 50 called me at one point once I had did the Beautiful campaign and told me on the phone, hey, yo, B, you know you spent like a, look like you spent a quarter million on that video. I had spent less than $10,000. He had a whole marketing campaign on how he was going to promote it. He just never followed through. Mm. I can explain why. So when it, when it comes to all G on the business from This Is 50 to... No, you mentioned this is 50. That's funny because when I met 50 Cent, he used to look over my shoulder while I was on the computer at spiderloke.com talking to my fans. And he'd be like, hey, yo, snap, y'all, that's ill. Spider's talking to his fans, yo. He would call everybody in the building like, yo, check it out. Spider, they're answering you right now. You're lying. Oh, shit. Like, that's his dynamic with the internet. So for him to surpass because of his status and his financial situation and to kind of watch and not to give any... I give respect for everything that he introduced me to, but he doesn't mention the things I introduced him to, you know. Going forward, mm -hmm. um, phones going off and shit. He got like 10 phones and shit. I it's only got two. Man. Yeah, yeah, I only got two. I'm going to holler back. Yeah, live, right in the middle of the podcast. People call him and say, that's another Matter phone. Fact, you know what? This nigga from Brooklyn, this nigga right here was at uh, Biggie Funeral standing next to Biggie's mama. And um, Jay-Z. So since he called me, I'm in Brooklyn. He lives in Los Angeles. He's okay. trying to make sure I'm straight out here. He has no idea what I'm doing. Okay. I'm going to answer the phone. His name is Baguettes. Oh, pss. Yeah. Tell me you were Doggy Diamond. All right. Hello? Baguettes. Not, ba not, not books, Baguettes. Hey, you know, my nigga, I'm tired of throwing your name around. And niggas keep calling this book Baguettes shit, man. You know what? You know what? That's why my homeboy was out there. It was like, yo, you know another nigga stole your name? And what's so crazy is... That before you, I, he cool, I hope he cool with everybody because you don't, you being recorded. I fuck with bugs too though. Yeah, this nigga, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to Doggy Diamond right here. We we live recording. What up, nigga? What's up, my nigga? What's going on? What's poppin', my G? Baguette, you a bullshit nigga. You supposed to call me, man. You ain't call me, man. What happened? Nigga, you gotta come home. That's what the fuck you gotta do. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. I thought I gotta be here like Tuesday. Monday is Tuesday. Hit me when you come in. Yes, yeah, no I'm, I'm gonna hit you as soon as I walk out this studio, loved one. Okay. Hey, that's on the way to me or what? Yeah, I'm gonna text you his number right now. Uh, Alright. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's gonna be at Prospect Park. No more. So I'm gonna call you, call you, call me back in like five minutes when you can talk. Yeah. Right. But guess, hit me. My number's still the same. Alright. All right. All right. Yep, later on. That's Brooklyn, of course. I know Brooklyn, baby. Brooklyn. Yeah. That's easy. You know what I'm saying? I knew Baguettes for some time. That's hard. That's he's actually saying. in um, Dead President's video, he's too. In, yeah, he is. Jay-Z video. Yeah. And he's D-Rock cousin. Yeah. 
Hey, D Rock cousin. Yeah, you know that's right. Yeah, you big. Come on, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm connected and respected. Yeah, yeah. You know, WAR, one yeah. of the respected, 927. You know, it is what it is. Take the two out, you know, from 97th Street. Oh, see? Yeah. See? See? So, so it's um, 297. So, it's two. so, so Spider, um, yes, sir. moving forward, what's your goals, plans, aspirations? At all costs, dropping soon. That's new music, my new album. Um, prior to that, the Lost Tapes and some records. That were compiled during the junior days that never quite got off. Let me just reintroduce myself with that project first. Um, I've written a couple of books oh, in the sure. last few years. I would love to introduce to the world. I'm working on a publishing situation for those. Um, I have a couple of films, Streets of Money, the most recent one, current one. It's about to start filming next month um, alongside Hurricane Chris, Jane Amos. Uh, I don't know the young lady's name, but she played the daughter on My Wife and Kids. She's part of the cast as well. Um, quite a few things that's coming up. Just excited. I have two. I'm a head coach right now. Uh, I've gotten to that coaching world. I have two nine-year-old and ten-year-old boys that all play on the same team. Shouts out to Big Football. U. I need that scrimmage wherever you at. Ten up. Yeah. South Bay Packers. What it do? We gonna pack them out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We getting busy, man. I'm excited about that. I'm just being a father, being a CEO, being an author. Um, you know, just. Re- reinventing myself and readdressing my audience in the world is just exciting right now. Um, I wanted to ask you something about um, gang culture right now. I notice a lot of the older brothers that um, from gang, like the big U's, they're starting to become well, they always been, but the world is starting to see them more as conscious, like talking about black brothers killing each other and all that stupid shit that's been going on from politics that some people might be warming and don't, wasn't even born for that right. shit. Um, What's happening? Because, you know, it was always depicted, if I go out there and I'm on your side with this shirt on, I'm getting shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what is it really like in the streets of L.A.? Man, to give you just like, the, the, one street differs from the next so much, it's just kind of hard to just give a, a blanket. So answer. it ain't no, this is a whole Crip neighborhood. Oh, yes, there is. But... The blocks might not get along with each other, and they might both no, be Crips, all, right? Yeah, I mean, they could be a one neighborhood. Okay. And then be, we can all be family homies, but we can still split and have two sides right here and war against each other. Wow. That okay. can happen, too. Um, nowadays in L.A., Crips wear more red than bloods. It's not a color thing. It's a color thing when it's time to represent. But when you're just trying to get fresh and be out for today, nigga going to wear what he want to wear. I remember it was a time where I would go out of town and a female in the mall would tell me right off, you're not from out here. How you know? Because the way you dress. Mm. Now, niggas from L.A. dress is universal. Everybody yeah, yeah, wearing yeah, the yeah. same tight shit with all the extra piercings. Even the killers, the coldest gangbangers from my side. <laughs> Stab you to death. They look you like got a tight ass pants. <laughs> yes, they look like the skater, other niggas. So I stopped judging niggas with that weird yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Because a nigga with that weird look would lay you on your back. Yeah. So... Um, the gang situation in L.A. as far as like the big U's and people in that situation, I think fatherhood and maturity just plays a part in any man, if you're a man, that you realize you become more responsible for your environment than you have been. So anytime you've um, played a part in being destructive in an environment, you kind of feel like you owe that environment some type of uh, restructuring and restoring. I have, like I say, I have children, and I would hate to leave a legacy for my children that I have left for the world in general. Because, you know, to the outside looking in, they say, Crip, oh, he got to be down with Snoop. He got to be down with 
the dog pound. It got to be uh, Big U. It got to be every crip that ever existed. Y'all all together and shit. It's not like that. Nah, though. that's okay. The, but but what we where we where we believe is we do all have the same last name. Okay. And if any outside entity tries to come up against that, then that's what the bottom line is going to be. This is crip. But I like to take it further than that and feel like I'm black. And I've been doing a lot of time where we was up against the Spanish guys, the Mexicans. And I don't care if you was Crip, Blood, non-affiliate, whatever you was. If you was black, you was my dog. So my connection with a color starts with my skin. This other shit is secondary. And I, I try to let go of the Crip at one point in my life. But I found out and I realized that in my community... I have 30 kids on my team, and women and single parents are very comfortable dropping their children off to a crib every day for me to take care of them and help them raise them and help them teach them. So instead of stop being a crib, I just want to be a better crib. You know, the actual spirit of cripping in the first place was a positive thing to start with. It got perverted, and it got tore down, and we actually joined in on the negative end of it. But if you take it to its original essence, it was a positive spirit, and before I could lay it down, I want to uplift it. You know what I don't like, and I, I wanted to say this publicly, and I had said it when I interviewed JoJo Capone. I don't like when people online talk bad on the street organizations because y'all don't understand some of these brothers who join these organizations, this is the only family that they have. Indeed. They don't have no mother. They don't have no father. Or some of them do have, but their mother and father might suffer from substance abuse problems. When you have somebody that say to you, I got you, I'm going to make sure you eat every day, I'm going to make sure you have a place to stay, you could go to school, that becomes your family. So a lot of y'all who be sitting there saying, oh, that gang shit is stupid, you in the gang, you stupid, you probably have your family. Because the way the white man look at us, if it's four of us together every day, whether we call ourselves something or not, they going to call us something. Damn right. You know what I'm saying? And you don't even know two or three dudes standing together, they consider that gang. If you, I, I know a lot of y'all never been in jail, but you're not allowed to stand around and congregate because that's looked at as gang activity. Four whether, more. Yeah, whether you're in a gang or not. So I, I, I respect all street organizations, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be Crip, Blood, Latin King, Mexican, everybody, because I know what it's like. I know what brotherhood is, you know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of y'all, instead of downing a lot of our brothers that's in different gangs or street organizations, as I like to call them, they need to understand why people are joining these situations. Right. And they come from broken homes. How are you going to be a black man? And not, you know, most of our homes is broken because motherfucking the crackers done broke our shit the fuck right. up. Do you know, like, people don't know. At one point, to be on welfare, right, to get public assistance, you wasn't allowed to have a man in the house. All right, I'm aware. You understand what yes. I'm saying? So if, if the father was a father, he had to get out the house in order for the woman right. to have government assistance. So that's taking the father out. Right. So who's going to raise the children? You understand what I'm saying? So if, if it's 10 dudes down the block that's saying, yo, I see you getting picked on, come with us. Ain't nobody never going to pick on you again. And your mother not gonna get her purse snatched. What you think they gonna do? You're so y'all have to start. That. Yeah. So y'all have to start being a little bit more educated and mindful why brothers is doing what they're doing. Now it is a lot of senseless violence that we all took place in. You know what I'm saying? But that's the growth, you know, right. in, in development that we right. on now to get out of that. So stop looking at him with his blue on. Oh, he's just a dumb crip. Because quiet is kept. It's a lot of people that y'all love and admire that are. In street organizations, mm -hmm. they just don't flag. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? They just don't flag. And and but how do you feel about gang banging 
being so commercial though? Like, cause it got commercial. I used to have a feeling about it, and I didn't like it. It was hard to accept, but then I like I realized that it didn't start with me. I participated in some shit some other niggas started before I was born. It's evolved and it's bigger than me. So I'm not so personally attached to it anymore that it bothers me. I laugh at it. I want my part. Was you was you born into it or you joined? No, I joined. Okay. I joined. My mother did everything she can to protect me from this type of activity. <laughs> yeah. It was just very attractive to me. I, I lived in the environment, but I had a single mother. I lived in Compton all my life. My father lived in South Central, borderline watch, which actually turned to be my hood, my neighborhood, my gang. And um but actually what she did, she sent me to private school. I had a power garage. So she would hit the block hit the button, and by the time we got to our house, the garage was up, and by the time we was halfway through, it'd be down, and that's how she caught herself and protected me from the environment. But like I say, my father didn't live in the home, and him trying to look out, one day he came and put this big-ass pretty basketball court on the driveway. It was prettier than all the basketball courts in the neighborhood. It had to snap back on it, and it got to the point now when my mama was coming home from school and shit. Motherfuckers out there dunking on your shit. All on my yard, so... All the niggas that turned into gangbangers, I got a bond with them before they was gangbangers playing basketball on my yard. We didn't elbow, box each other out, and had fights. So all these niggas turned into the killers over there. And I happen to know that's how I became a real part of that environment. And then going to, I had older brothers that were actually from my set. So when I go to my daddy house, I had access to being involved on that way a lot easier than going in out that garage. So I go to my daddy house, I used to get it in. So that's how I'm from Compton, but I'm from an L.A. gang because I was raised in two households on both sides. of the, It's only like a five-minute drive. So it you, might sound far to a lot of people out there, but it's a five-minute drive from my hood to Compton. So you from Compton and South Central? Yes. Okay. You know, Compton, we, we think uh, Easy e and shit Yeah, like Lil' Easy. Both the little Easy's. And I met Big Easy. Shot him down to my homies. Love him to death. East Side. Both of them were Crips, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. that's, that's, you know, we think because uh, the politics of the, the uh, commercialization of gangs, right? Right. When Snoop and them came out, everybody wanted to be Crips, right? We thought everybody was Crip. Then when, um, I think it's, it might, I'm, I'm going to blame Dipset a little bit. When they Dipset did. came out, we thought everybody was blood. Everybody wanted to be blood. Because um, the only blood that was really blood that we knew at one point was DJ Quick. Right. But at one point, it was like, damn, everybody's a crip. And then everybody was a blood. And then it was like, you know, you started having rappers who you knew wasn't from L.A., wasn't from, yeah, and they was just everybody. crips and blood. And I'm like, I'm fucking confused. Like, how you join some shit when you 35? Like, shit is just weird to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, either you That's in deep. it or you not. You know what I'm saying? Right now, um, if you had the youth and they say, yo, Spider-Man, I want to... I want to be a loke, man. I want to be, I want to be down. What do you tell them? I mean, it might come out different every time, but it would, I would definitely deter them. Okay. From attempting to do it, it's not something I glorify. Like I say, it's something. It's not something I'm ashamed of to the point where I don't claim it because everybody knows my affiliation. Your name but, is Spider Loke. I'm Spider Loke. <laughs> you know the irony. I was telling you, I'm a head coach. You know, uh-huh. I came to the park, introduced myself as Coach Curtis to everybody, trying to be responsible. <laughs> But I've never heard the word Curtis outside of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a 10-year-old kid on my team who is named Hershey Loco. And they introduced me to him. All the, all the adults at this park called this kid Hershey Loco. Shouts out to Hershey Loco, Del Mari. But yeah, he's a child on my team, and his name is Hershey Loco. So Snoop, 
this youth football shit. He got the city lit. It's big in LA. It's now, big man. as fuck. It's like a baby in the field. So I just think it's a general consensus in, this, in the community that if a crip is coaching, it's okay. He's gonna, he's gonna do. You know, he's gonna Snoop made it acceptable. So shouts out to Calvin. Which you, which you, um, what's, what's your favorite NFL team? Right now it's the Packers because I'm affiliated with the South Bay Packers, so I just like the whole affiliation of the Green and Gold. We the Green and Gold gang. You get packed out by the Pack House. <laughs> I'm more like a fan of excellence. Okay. So I was with Dak and them last year because they're two young black niggas hogging. So my kind of favorites kind of change. I'm not with no team. You know what okay. I'm saying? I'm with my team. And, and on some political shit, what you think? What you think about what they doing to Colin Kaepernick? Are you aware? It's fucked up, yeah. I, you know, I never liked to Colin Kaepernick as an athlete, but I love him as a black man. He's my hero. I always thought his, his, his wind-up was too long, was too predictable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the courage he showed as a half-black man, this nigga's karma was fucked with straight hair. And the way he's standing up, man, I only can't hope to have that much courage, man. Shouts out to Colin Kaepernick. All right, so um, give them all your – where you at on the social media? Give I'm them only on Instagram, Spotterloke Baymac. There and nowhere else. So, you trying to tell me the nigga that's on Twitter right now that Spider Loke is a fake? I need, there's a few of them. If I, I had an old one, I don't know the login. Like, had set me up with it like five, six years ago. Uh-huh. I didn't really get, I don't know. I would listen, I, would, I tried to get in touch with them so they could tap me back in, but Twitter couldn't even get me back in. Before we go, what is Baymac? Be about your money at all costs. Because I, I know a few people with that name. Um, I don't know if you know Big Payback. Rest in peace. That yeah. was my artist. Yeah, word. There was no such thing as Big Payback without me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Big Payback. I don't know if you, he used to call me all the time. Wow. Yeah, Big Payback because he was um, having issues with um, 40 Glock at the time. You know what I'm saying? The Big Payback. What up, to, Yeah, Big Payback used to call me all the time. Like, yo, 40 Glock is, that he wasn't Little Wayne and it wasn't even in that car and all that. That was, yeah. That's crazy. You just, I got an interview with, um, Big payback, payback, yeah, out there, yeah. Uh, you yeah. Don't, yeah, birth payback. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. That's matter of fact, y'all had records together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like well, nobody would, know, nobody would know about payback if it wasn't. Wow, yeah. yeah, big payback. Yep, yeah. big payback. He remember he had a site. So when I heard Baymac, I was like, oh, big payback. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's that is, crazy. That yes, crazy. be about your money at all costs. So that's uh, that's my label, my clothing line, it's my brand, it's my lifestyle, it's my movement. It's yours as well. So that was you the whole time. Yes, yes. Yo, I'm trying to tell y'all, birth payback. Wow. Yeah. Shouts out to the wishes. All the ones that survive. Y'all know the politic, whatever, my niggas, but you know what it do. That's crazy. Yeah. Recipes the big payback. Yeah, man. payback had bars. Let me, t- let me tell you something. Payback had got shot, right? And he called me and he said, There's a rumor that I'm dead. But I'm calling you to let you know I'm not dead. But I did get hit up. This is the thing, it's the first time he got hit up. He said, I did get hit up, but it's gonna be rumors out that I'm dead and I'm not gonna say nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to tell people that I'm not dead. I'm going to have people believe that I'm dead, but I'm calling you to let you know that I'm not dead. That sounds like payback. Yep. And um, and then when I heard he passed away, I was like, damn, but I didn't really have Did nobody. Did you hear about how he died? Nah. That's... 12 noon in a motherfucking McDonald's. Somebody walked in and shot that nigga right here. Bam! While wow. he eating a salad and walked out. Wow. One shot killed. All right, all right. I got to get the fuck out of here. Thank you for listening to Doggy Diamond's No Filter Podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure you share this. Spread the word. Talk about it. Argue with me. I don't give a fuck what you do. Leave a comment. This is Doggy Diamonds. I'm out of here. See you on the next podcast. Peace. Doggy Diamonds did this.